Well, I'm super, super stoked um, to introduce our guest speaker this morning. Um, all my life, I've grown up around the prophetic um, from the time I was a young child, just with wild things and, and being around generals in the, in the prophetic movement. And honestly, my life took a right turn. I was going to say left turn, but maybe it's the right turn. Uh, when you think about the words, the right turn. But um, a few years back when I was introduced to the Glasgow Prophetic Center with Emma, um, honestly, my life has literally changed. I've been stretched in every way possible um, in the last season. I'm talking every way possible. Challenged to grow in a new way. Challenged in my theology, challenged to study the Word of God, challenged to be before the Lord in a different way. And I promise you, um, the challenge has been everything. It's been hard, but it's been amazing. And it's been a season of growth. Uh, I think for my husband and I, both of us have come into a new season of growth because of the lady that's about to step to the stage. So she is, I'm going to give you just a couple quick things about her. She leads the British Isles, I got to get it right, British Isles, British Council of, British Isle of Prophets. The prophets in the British Isles. Yes, the prophets in the British Isles, right? Um, but she leads an international organization that is having global impact. In fact, many of you, how many people have seen her in some regard on TV, Sid Roth, and, and shows and whatnot? This lady honestly is what the prophetic movement needs in this hour. So we are a privileged bunch to have her this morning, hear her here this morning. Honestly, I think I'm mesmerized often by the people that the Lord connects my husband and I with. Honestly, I am. And this morning you're in for a treat. So she is wife to David. You have three children. She'll probably tell a little bit about herself, but basically it's gonna be super amazing this morning. So do me a favor. Everybody do me a favor, just tap your battery, you know, just, just everybody do this right here. Just make sure your ears are open and ready to receive the word. Let's give her a Toronto City Church welcome this morning. Let's give her a hand as she comes. morning beautiful family how are you today I am delighted to be here and thank you for that introduction it's always that who the heck are you talking about anyway I love God I love you I love Ireland I love Scotland and Canada is brilliant and I discovered new amazing shops this, this week. So I mean, like, I'm quite happy. <laughs> and God bless Air Canada. <sighs> so for those of you who don't know, we landed, when do we land? Thursday. I have not seen a pick of luggage since my arrival. Hence the shops. And uh, yes, and still no luggage. So we are hoping to pick it up at the airport in a few hours to check it in, to pay extra for the luggage I've now had to buy in addition. <laughs> anyway, it's good. And again, God bless Air Canada. <clears throat> Until probably Tuesday when I'm home where I think I might stop blessing them. So anyway, 
Okay. <laughs> so I've got a word of the Lord for this church, uh, some stuff that will tip into the nation, but for this church. And if you're not from this church, um, some stuff will apply. <clears throat> Father, I ask that you would reign such a so storm of your glory presence in the midst of this place. Oh God, would you open the heavens and would you cascade down the weight of your glory in this house. Oh God, sit with the magisterial glory of the fullness of your throne in the midst of this place, Father. Oh, we take a sword. And on your behalf, we cut open the heavenly dimensions over your head that there would be a reign of God, a reign of God in this place. And over your lives, and over your lives, and over your lives. Oh, let the refreshing of God start to roll over you. Oh, drink him in, drink him in, drink him in. Even as you breathe, take in a fresh glory and a refreshing life that he has for you. For he has marked this house and the Spirit of the Lord said to this church, I will make you a prototype. And you will be formed into something that will provoke transformation in others, says the Lord. For the Lord says, I will give you a provocative anointing. You will go first. And you will be a model for what is possible. For from you, says the Lord, paradigms will shift and new standards will be set. And right now, the Spirit of the Lord says, you will face me and you will be given by me a new pioneering grace. And it will change everything. And the Lord said, it is not business as normal. It's not business as usual. It's not the trajectory you even thought you were on. But the Lord says, oh, be dressed right now in pioneering grace. That you may bring change. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I still will challenge you. The Lord says, I have not come to bring my glory into the midst of you. So that you may keep comfortable. But the Lord said, you already said yes, and I heard your yes. And now I come to answer the cry of your heart where you said yes to me. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I now propel you into a fresh movement. And I saw this surge anointing. You can feel it in the spirit realm. It's a surge anointing. It's a surge anointing over the apostles. It's a surge anointing over the prophetic. It's a surge anointing. And you, some of you will just need to open your hands right now because there's a surge of God. And he says, I'm going to propel you forward. I will give you power. I will give you energy and I will give you strength, says the Lord. And I release that strength to your body. 
I release that strength back to your physical frame. I release that strength back in the deep places in you. Right now, the strength of God is coming. The mental strength, the emotional strength, the resilience deep within your inner man. Can I lay hands on you, sir? And the Spirit of the Lord says, I will take off that cycle of brokenness and that cycle of infirmity. And the Spirit of the Lord says, the sportsman in you will come back and you will run and not grow weary and you will walk and you will not faint in the spirit of the Lord says even the ability to make wealth and to create finances is coming upon you and the Lord says I see you and I will not leave you in the pit where your strength fails you and strength and wholeness comes back now in Jesus name and I saw a church of people. I saw a gathering in this place where there was such a deep, deep resilience that wasn't a resilience where, you know, it, it cost you in a way where you could hardly move. I've got to be resilient, but it's awful. It was a resilience with joy. It was a strength and a strengthening that is now at hand. I want you to say, I receive it. And then I saw this scripture over this house, and it's Daniel eleven thirty two. Anybody know that one? Top points to you if you do. The people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Another translation. The people that know their God shall prevail and succeed. The people that know their God shall display strength and take action. And in the pressing into God in the last season, I actually really felt such a commendation for these three in the front row, for Samuel and Sharon and Brendan, because you pressed into God as a leadership team. I've not met your wife, but your wife is very much Samuel, part of it. I don't know where she is. Oh, hi, lovely wife. I felt like a, a, a family unit of the four of you and your children. I was watching some remarkable sharpening private conversations where you had inspired each other to determinedly press into God. And the Lord says, because you have known him deeper and been known by him, this will lead to a trust in this house by God of his miraculous power. God does not trust everybody. In fact, I don't know, Rebecca, you, you're on the Council of Prophets with me, the leadership in Britain. How often do we ever say God trusts anybody? I mean, it's as rare as hen's teeth. It just never happens. But the Lord is saying he has found a place that he can put his trust. And therefore, he will put a weight of miraculous power and authority for transformation in the midst of you. Now, every time any of you took the microphone, there was an immediate gear shift in the spirit. I mean, lovely, other, amazing other staff, and we celebrate you. But you have gone somewhere different as a group of leaders. And the spirit of the Lord says, I will need you 
And I will need you to open up realms, not just in this church, but across the nation, all four of you. And I saw a zigzagging of you back and forth to this house as itineration from this base becomes all four of your norms. And then I saw in this house a certain oil that I have never seen before start to come to you. And the Lord called it this, the oil of detangling. And he said, this will be a gift. It will be oil in your hands. It will be oil on your hands that you will make plain some confused issues in the Christian church in this nation. You will make straight what was messed up, says the Lord. And I, I, I only hear Isaiah 45, you know, this is Cyrus whose right hand I take hold of. And I only use that, hear that, that, that Isaiah scripture uh, released to, you know, like a leader um, in the political arena or the business arena. But outside of the church, we talk about the Cyrus anointing. But I heard the Lord say, go back to that scripture, for I have a Cyrus anointing with an oil of detangling to put in the midst of this place, and that Cyrus anointing will come, you can feel the enemy not want you to have it. As soon as I speak out loud, it's like there's resistance in the spirit realm. So let me just back off right now in Jesus' name. And sometimes we're just in those Daniel moments where there is a warfare between the principality of the region and the gift of God coming down. Remember that, that, that Daniel 7, 8, 9, 10 battle? And I feel it right now, but the Lord says, I will put a Cyrus capability that you would be blessed by me to level mountains, to break the gates of bronze, to cut the iron bars, and to subdue the nation. This has never been done before in living memory in this land as chaos has been the watchword across your land. And the Lord says you will need to go into a season of contending for the Cyrus blessing where your right hand is strong, that you can grab it and use it to bring order into chaos, to unravel what is confused, and to unscramble what has been made a mess of in this nation. And the Lord says, I will give you three words that will be the words of this house for some years to come and they are show the way show the way says the Lord call life by your declaration and you will change things the Lord says you will undo some chaos from this house <sighs> man it's a weighty call Now, you are going to have to learn how to navigate change. And you are not very good at it. There are some nations that are more adventuring than others just by, by instinct. 
but you are peacemakers and you are lovers of tolerance and you are lovers of queuing, as I discovered, in line. And you are lovers of things like hobbits from Lord of the Rings that are a little bit more peaceful. And yet the Lord is saying to you right now, you are going to have to learn and contend what it is to navigate fast-paced change. If you do not ask for this, you will miss your call, says the Lord. Because you will get out of time if you go at Canada pace rather than kingdom pace. They are different. And your default setting of reflect and mull over is no longer going to hold you. Now, there are days that it is righteously, gloriously wonderful to be a reflective, muller-type human being. Can I say you have an ungodly excess of that? You are slow to take decisions. And I feel like the Lord is saying to you, don't you trust me when I speak how many times do I need to tell you something before you will believe that you need to do it? And the Lord says, you are asking for clarification over things that are already clear. The Lord says, I am now keeping a record of how many times you have tested me. And the Lord says, you have only a few more questions left before you will squander the weight of my glory because when my glory comes, it will require fast decisions, so I need you to be in the habit of them. And the Lord says to some of you, why have you not moved house? Why have you not shifted even into the places that I have already made plain to you to do? Now, that sounds like God is being ferocious. I think he is. But there is a real sweet kindness in the underbelly of that, of God saying, look, I'm giving you this chance to get this movement going back in your lives from the Canadian national stuckness, the zeitgeist, and you will feel more like citizens of the kingdom than you feel like citizens of Canada. I think when we, we have to be honest about the navigation of change. Because we always feel out of control in change. Yeah, nobody's nodding at me, just me. Oh, yeah, because you don't do it fast enough to feel out of control. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's glorious. All right. So, you know, we feel out of control and change. And nobody wants that. You know, we all want some sense of self-determination. We all want to feel like we've got autonomy. So when change happens to us, uh, we behave in ways uh, that actually are contrary to trusting God. And in change, you do lose your sense of certainty. And change, even when God brings it to a nation, you can take it quite personally. And it can really rattle the core of your own identity. And I think a lot of us do an awful lot of work to get secure. 
you know, we, we wrestle with our self-image issues. And then we have to go deep, you know, and we believe our own PR eventually, you know. And then God says, no, I need to change actually your identity and who you think you are. And we just can't handle that thought that I might be asked to do something that is different to the me that I had built for years. And really that phrase of I'd rather be an amateur in the new than an expert in the old is the phrase that is upon you right now. We can fear a change in workload. And we can fear a change financially. And I think we then subtly, subconsciously resist loss because change feels like loss. And I feel like the Lord is being really kind in, in having you hear this, that actually you are anchored in the certainty of Christ, and you must own that truth as he cries all change over you. And I think back to, I'm 47 soon, fifth generation church leader, I think back to one of my father's church splits. Now, I would have been probably 16 years old, so 30, 30 plus years ago, uh, when my father went through his first church split. And th this is how minusculely unimportant the actual situation was. It was over the fact that we were moving from an organ to a guitar. No, no, nobody's playing drums. Nobody's got anything plugged in. We didn't know that 31 years ago. You will have done those journeys as well. And literally, it was same songs. You know, all six verses of Onward Christian Soldiers. But it was just a, a guitar. And I think it wasn't necessarily that the guitar was a problem in and of itself. It was the sense of the loss of tradition, that I would lose something great of comfort and familiarity, and I don't want to feel uncomfortable because I've not grown in maturity to navigate uncomfortableness on this planet about certainty in the afterlife. And because you are not casting your anchors forward to certainty in the afterlife, you wrestle with anything that changes your comfort level on the earth. And I really felt like I have to say this to you. You're going to have to start conversations about it's okay for change to come. It's okay for me to grieve. It's okay for me to feel loss. It's okay for me to not understand. But I will not question the God who needs it in the earth. <sighs> Then I heard the Lord say this. I actually don't think I've ever heard God say this ever before. He took me to the book of Ruth. And he said, in those days, there was an anointing that came to Naomi and Ruth. A capability to gather 
and to covenant and to stay the course. The capability of lifelong commitments being made. And they were a people of bonded covenant, covenant who became foundations for what God wanted to do. And of course, that was eventually the birthing of Christ. And the Lord said, I will put a covenantal capability that is lacking in the relationships in this house that will then replicate in the nation and my people will be able to make covenant once again and bond together by a grace that I will begin in the midst of you. And I saw a stopping of the leaving and I saw a gathering where people were being slotted into place that they may bear the weight of God. That is incredible. Do you realize how counterculture that is? A grace of Naomi and Ruth for covenant? <sighs> then I heard God speak Job 38. And Job 38 has a verse in it where he talks about shaking the wickedness, almost like a blanket, shaking the wickedness out of the morning. You know that verse? And that there is an anointing in the early morning when we look at the watches and what each watch does in prayer. But that's where we understand what you do in the morning watch, the kind of 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. watch. Anybody find that they are waking up peculiarly between 3 and 6? Oh my goodness, stand up. I need to, we need to see that. This is why. Who is waking up between three and six? You, that is rare. Keep standing and I'll tell you why you're being woken up by that. Because that is the watch of the warrior that shakes wickedness out of the earth. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I am releasing from this house a movement of morning prayer. And there will be a gathering between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And I will call you the dawn chorus for Canada. And I will disturb your sleep cycles. And you will have an early waking call that you would gather repetitively for the anointing of that moment to shake the wickedness of of the earth. And the Lord says, now receive the warrior anointing to match the disturbance in your sleep cycles that you may now change Canada between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., says the Lord. This is national strategy in this house. And the Spirit of the Lord says, gather, 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 and broadcast that there may be a movement of the dawn chorus on the shores of this land that will start to bar the enemy. <sighs> Yay! Wow, you can have a seat, guys. You may need to do some research on the different anointings for different times. Yeah, uh, you've figured them all out through Scripture. What hours of the day do different things? <sighs> wow. Then I saw in this place 
the land of Canada open up and healing teams of spiritual warfare specialists go as land cleansers trained by you for the pulling down of strongholds. I saw the warfare conferences and training. I saw you building onto the side of this place a war room that the specialists could come in and out of, that there would be strategy and maps and capability for changing of the structure, even of the soil of the land where curses have been held on the shore. And I felt like God was blessing a land cleansing team to emerge in the nation. Now, I know that's logistically crazy because my nation, as we said yesterday, you can drive shore to shore in 50 minutes and you're in the sea. I don't think you can even drive GTA in 50 minutes. So you're going to need some strategists for how you get your feet on the ground. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying to this church and to those who come to you that you are going to have to mobilize beyond any geography that you have before. And I saw this church starting to get layers. And there was the layer that we would call traditional church. And then there was the layer of schools. And the the Lord says you will run warfare schools, leadership schools, and revelation schools from this house. You will then have a layer called book writing. It's massive, but it takes time. And the Lord says, why have you not carved out the time to write the books I already told you to do? Yeah, sometimes he's just like a whip, isn't he? Then I, so church, schools, land cleansing team, I saw ministry of an army of people who could give personal appointments. And I saw consultation appointments even into the corridors of power of people who would come here. And then the final bit was broadcasts. And there is a whole studio yet to be built in this place. But I saw you having associate ministers. And the Spirit of the Lord says to you, Oh, church, you are aligned with others, but I need others to align with you. And the Lord says, I am flipping that dynamic from where you have gone to where they are so that they would cover you to you being a bishop house in the nation. The Lord calls you a bishop house in the nation. And this bishop house must have on-ramps for associate ministries to connect and align that you might be the bishop house for many who will be in association for the Lord says your DNA I am blessing. Goodness me it's rarely like this I tell you when I go to churches it just means you must have had a lot of pain. <laughs> then I heard yeah, to carry this, you must have had a lot of pain. Just, that's just how it is. The Lord says you are in a new season of growth. <sighs> but you have found favor with me. 
Wow. And the Lord says to you as a church, know you have favor. Lean into it and spend it. The, the issue that I find with anybody who lives in the favor of God is that they don't know how to appropriate that favor. So if you are asking just for your bills to be paid, you insult God by not appropriating favor. If you are just asking for another member of staff to plug that particular gap, you're offending and insulting God because you are not appropriating that level of favor. Does that make sense? So when God says to a people group, spend favor, and I think that's not just to your leadership team, but that's to all of you here. You have got to come up some levels and spend your favor in a time of judgment and crisis in the nation. So you and I need to be thinking, where will I spend my favor? And what will I ask? And how will I spend it? You see, when you have favor, something has clicked. And, and again, Rebecca, keep me right on this. There are very few places that have favor. And trust and favor is a fairly unique combination. When the witchcraft community get together, the warlocks and the witches, they have limited power. And they get together and they choose, what are we going to do with our limited power? We have three curses today, okay, because it's a limited capped kingdom. The kingdom of darkness is not all-powerful. It's not all-present. It's not all-knowing, which is why you read scriptures like resist the devil and he will flee you, because there comes a point where he runs out of ammunition over you because of his limited stature, so when God says, spend your favor, you are spending it in that kingdom concept of a clash of the kingdoms, whereby lunchtime every day, you have spent beyond what Satan can bring against you. And he backs off. So in the latter half of every day, having resisted the devil and felt that clash of kingdoms, by two o'clock, and I'm prophesying here, by two o'clock, and you need to write this down, by two o'clock, you need to start to spend favor by the level of your decree. There are timings for things. Clearly, I need to keep repeating that, Canada, there are timings. You cannot amble along. Excellent. Okay. Psalm 90, verse 17. May the favor of the Lord rest on us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. That's where you are. Dream bigger, go further, sit 
back in your personal and your corporate visions. Sorry, my voice is really knackered. Rewrite your visions. Rewrite your visions. <sighs> They're too small. They are too small. And shift to expand. Then, oh, there's so much here. We'll have to do it at the next service. <clears throat> then the Lord said this. Pray for the fertility battles. So there's very obvious infertility issues. You know, um, man and wife. And I am going to deal with that. But I actually felt like there was an infertility curse that I needed to kick out of your church. That there was a work and a labor without fruit. And that is infertility. So when you see a disproportionate number of men and women struggling to conceive in the natural realm, it should click you into thinking, what demon do we have in the corporate space? And your demon is an infertility demon in your corporate space. So that means I'm looking at a people who have walked great frustration because they have labored, labored without fully seeing reward. Am I talking to anybody? Yeah, okay. Let me just deal with that demon. Can I ask, I know it's incredibly like exposing, uh, but this is just, we're family. If anybody has physical infertility, can you just stand? Okay. There's, there's many more than that. I saw like an avalanche of it. Ross, can you just go and lay hands on her? And let me just deal with this. Is your husband here? But you're married. Just, just check him before I pray for you because, well, for obvious reasons. Demon, you look at me right now. I'm going for the territorial demon, not her personal one. Demon, you look at me right now. Present yourself in Jesus' name. Go into the spirit, people. Come and walk and watch with me. I speak to that demon of infertility and the robbing of this congregation's fruitfulness and the robbing of the impact of their labor. And right now I put a Holy Spirit fire on you that you may be unseated and dethroned from sitting and living in the midst of all of their lives and in the corporate space somebody your back door is open. And I roll you up and I burn you out. And you are coming out, you infertility demon. And you are leaving them. And you are exiting this house. And you may not have them. And you may not come back. And somebody open the front door. And right now you exit this building. Right now you leave this place in Jesus' name. And I command you out the door. Come on, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. We roll, thank you, sir. We roll you out. And I put an exclusion zone on the curb.
curse of infertility and fruitlessness, you may not come back to these people in Jesus' name. And fruitfulness comes back. Just open your hands to receive. Fruitfulness comes back. Fruitfulness comes back. Fruitfulness comes back. Reward to the labor of your hands. You better say, that's mine. That's mine. Don't make me do all the work. <sighs> Fruitfulness comes back. So that thing is obviously out the door. The gentleman opened your front door. So I release the blessing of fruit back into your hands. The fruit of your prayers. The fruit of answered prayer. Come on. And to you, what's your name, my lovely? What's her name? Nicole. Hey, lovely. I'm just going to put my hand on you. I command your eggs to be super fertile right now in Jesus' name. And life comes into your body. 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 And your husband's sperm are supercharged and fertile by the hand of God. Sorry about that prayer, but needs must. Life! In Jesus' name, goodness, you can feel that. Good, that's yours. Yep. There will be a baby. <laughs> wow. I am a Alana. Oh. And then the Lord said this Canada, you will have a move of my spirit, <sighs> but it will not be as you thought. And the Lord says, I have chosen some hot spots. And I've chosen some hot spots of my glory, for I will not touch everywhere. I will work with you where you cleanse the land, says the Lord. I will work with those who will covenant. And to those who will not covenant, and to those who will not cleanse the land and war, they will lose the right to be a hot spot of my glory. For those who will work by themselves on their own, the Lord says, I cannot trust with weight because it takes agreement to hold who I am. Now, that's straight out of the scriptures that we are living stones fitted together to become a temple for God, yeah? You, you know that in, in, in the New Testament, the glory of God is, is not an individual glory. It's a corporate in the temple of God glory, yes? You, you've read that. Okay, so I don't need to go over that. But I have to say, uh, I don't have time to preach it, but I, I have notes on the, the judgment and the justice of God. Suffice to say, God is in justice and judgment mode. Sometimes he's in fathering mode. Sometimes he's in shepherding mode. We love all of that. We're really not so keen on the justice and judgment modes of God. Yeah, but that's where we are. And so... There are times where a prophet would come and say, you know, God will bless you all, God will bless you all, God will bless you all. And there are days when God is saying, I will not bless you all. And my measurement will be 
your covenant capabilities and your warfare capabilities. Because to hold me requires war and covenant. <sighs> so there will be those groups who hold glory for the sake of many. And the Lord says, you are Egypt, Canada. You are Babylon. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? I mean, you could weep right there over that. I'm sorry. You are Egypt, you are Babylon. I, I think actually my nation is too. I don't think we're any better. So the Lord says, to you who will covenant and to you who will war, I will enable you to be the Goshen in Egypt. The hot spots called Goshen. Now remember what happens in Goshen in Egypt. It's where the Israelites lived during their time in exile. And Goshen was the place, for those of you who, who you know, haven't read the story in a while, Goshen was the place where the plagues didn't happen. Yet it was within the boundary of Egypt. Yep. So when God calls you a Goshen in Egypt, he is saying that you are going to carry a protection and a glory and people will run to your glory hotspot in fear of God as you hold life and as you are protected from wrath. Now, let's try to land this. In Egypt, including Goshen, God was going to kill the firstborn, all of them. And I find that very challenging, and so must you biblically. God, how can you do that? That actually your justice just comes on the righteous and the unrighteous? And David sings that all through the Psalms. Yet we just go, oh, the steadfast love of the Lord, you know, never fails. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And it's like we have selective reading of the fact that the vengeance, the wrath, and the judgment of God comes on us all. And we're like, I don't like that bit, so I don't have a developed theology on that. Get one. But in this sense of the firstborn are all to die, Israel and Egypt, it realized and focused them in the need for sacrifice for survival. And let me land this by saying, you cannot be Goshen without fresh sacrifice. And yes, it's time, and yes, it's money, and yes, it's worship. But the Lord says, the sacrifices I want are your thinking and your feeling. I want a sacrifice of your mind that I might re-burn it, that you might think like me. I want a sacrifice of your emotions that you might feel like me. The Lord says, will you run to the altar 
to bring me your heart and to bring me your head that I might burn, that you might sacrifice not just your tithe and then think as you want, not just your time to serve, but then feel offended, not just your money and worship before me, but the very core of who you are in your emotional and mental function. He says, if you will sacrifice me that, then I will put the fresh fire of protection on Goshen. Can you stand? <sighs> there are moments in history where we see a time set apart for a renewed consecration or dedication. And you hit those like Joshua, where they've wandered in the wilderness, they have seen the miracles, they've been blessed by God, they've been evacuated from Egypt, and still in all of that, you hit consecration moments. And of course, they cross the Jordan, and they all get circumcised. So in the Old Testament, it would have been something cutting men of your flesh. It still is. And the Lord says, come and rededicate yourselves to me again. I call your next four weeks the camp of consecration. It is a day for you to commit to being burnt. It is a day of time, a season of time where you will bring outlandish monies and you will get right financially with me by the need to have a repentance offering. Repentance offerings are where we all get right financially with God. And we all, most people need a repentance offering every so often for what they've withheld. So you're coming into four weeks where you'll have a repentance offering, a time offering of worship, and an, a mental and an emotional sacrificing in the camp of consecration. And the Lord says, I need to hear a fresh yes. He says, will you stand in a somber yes and will you be counted? Look, I know there are times where we come in and pat, pat, there, there. Well, I never do that, but you know, we sometimes we do. It is a different season in the earth. Can you raise your hands up towards me? Because I want you to catch something. Okay? My dad used to do this when I was a child. Still does it occasionally. The rabbis. My dad's a rabbi, really. They would lift their hands. And they would release a blessing. 
people would raise their hands and catch the blessing, yeah? I can't say your yes for you, but you've got four weeks to mull it over. before I release the blessing you can feel the lasso in the spirit can't you gathering you back in somber yes somber yes somber yes somber yes somber yes somber yes and be counted a somber yes and be counted whoa on this because I can feel the spirit at your heart. Oh! The cry of the gather has gone forth. The cry of the gather has gone forth to pull you back into the altar of devotion. The camp of consecration is invoked. Yay! And the angels come, the angels come. Wow, lots. Whoa. God puts his altar back in this place and says, come to it, come to it. Man, this is most like the throne room I felt in a long time. Yeah. Come kneel before your God. Come kneel before your God. Let the sign in your body be a sign in the spirit. Let the shape your body takes show to God what your emotions and your will is doing. Let your physical form be a sign of a somber yes. Yay! Oh, the holiness of God. The purification of His people. The purification of the church in Canada. The purification of the church. Dedicate all to me again. Dedicate all to me again. Become a consecrated people. Can I hear a fresh yes, says God. Yay. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Fire 
of rededication, fire of set-apartness, fire from the King, fire of the kingdom. Fire of the King and fire of the kingdom. that you would no longer be foot in both camps, consecrated to a king and to his way of doing things. So what I wanted to release a moment ago, and we'll do it now, is what I have to give. The rest you have to figure out yourself. Oh, that Issachar anointing. Oh, that timing anointing. Oh, that ability to move, that ability to know the times. Canada, know the times. Know the times. Know the times. It is not no more delay because that's not the issue. It's a rewiring of understanding all of the timings of God. When you hold and when you jump, when you leap and when you sit, Canada repent for your nation is out of time, says the Lord. Canada repent for your nation is out of time. Even in some pandemic issues, even in some legal issues, even in some healthcare issues, even says the Lord in the business world, you are not in my timings. And the Lord says, Canada, I will require you, my church, to war for my timings. And so I release that to you that you would have right now. Man, it's a battle, isn't it? The Issachar understanding of God. Get back in line. And the Lord says, now some of you will have to write resignation letters. Now, some of you will have to go to birthing and begin a new thing. Now, says the Lord, some of you will have to shift for my timings are making a demand on you. back in sync back in order oh 